Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Fantastic History. I'm Clay. I'm Sarah. And it is the end of 2023. Thank God. It's been a fun year. It's our full, our, our first full year of episodes. Mm-hmm. And we got through a lot. <laughs> we did. We started with the A to Z guide to the Great Panics. Mm-hmm. And we ended with the eggnog riot. <laughs> All parties usually do end that way, yeah. <laughs> it feels like forever ago. Genuinely, it does, yeah. Yeah. We do this in our spare time. It's unpaid. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a passion project. So if you've been listening, thank you for being with us this whole time. And if this is your first episode, maybe... Uh, this will get you um, interested in listening to more because we are going to do a little compilation of clips that we found entertaining from the past year. I'd also say, like, if you if you have somebody that you've thought about, like, I'm going to introduce this show to my friend, but I don't know what episode to start them with. Um, start them with this one, and then maybe they'll be like, "Oh, well, that dumb thing they were laughing about sounds interesting. I'll listen to that." <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of these are not going to necessarily be in context, but we're going to give you a heads up as to what they what the context is so that you can go back and listen if you maybe forgot or whatever. But these are some of our favorite moments of fun, laughter, or just general um, enjoyment from the past year. Now we're going to start off with the very first introduction of musical cues, <laughs> of which we don't have many, but this one was introduced in episode 41, the episode about Robert Shirtliff. It's, it's a classic. It's, it's our main tradition, I would say. And this is the time of year for honoring traditions. It certainly is. So here's the clip from episode 41 where we first introduced the Massachusetts jingle. So to my surprise and delight, uh, even though I've had this person on my list for a while, I didn't realize until I started this research that this is also another Massachusetts story. So we Oh, we need like a, a um, we need a musical theme. We, a, a we little need trigger. a sweet Caroline. It needs to be like less than three seconds so we don't get content ID matched. Oh, that's a good point. So just the bum, bum, bum. Yeah, that'll do work. That. Okay. It just makes me so happy. It's really fun. <laughs> Every time I hear it, it makes me happy. And you know, we, the end of 2023, it's time for making resolutions. So my one of my 2024 resolutions is to take you and our kid to Massachusetts for the first time. Yep. And while we're there, for all of us to go to our first Red Sox game at Fenway. Oh, yeah. Like, that has been... That was unintentional. That was incredible. <laughs> Oops. But yeah, <laughs> I can't wait for that either. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm excited for the Green Monster. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Well, this next clip is from episode sixty-five. Whoa. And and it involves a unfortunate and unfortunately hilarious uh death oh god on september 26th 2010 entrepreneur jimmy Hedled, um, heselden 
Jimmy Hesselden died. Oh, R.I.P. He was riding his Segway on a... <laughs> sorry. You got to hold on, I'm man. I'm sorry. I'm to get through funny. this. It was funny. He was riding his Segway on a trail, and while letting another hiker pass by, he backed up and accidentally rode his Segway off a cliff. <laughs> I'm sorry. Quite a way to go. <laughs> what a dork. Now, I, now ironically... He was the owner of the Segway company. Yeah, so there you go. There you go. You, you get what you give. Now, this story is pretty pretty well known, pretty widespread, but it often gets the facts wrong. It often claims that the inventor of the Segway was killed by a Segway. Oh, okay. That's not the case. Inventor Dean Kamen is still alive. Good for him. And the Segway is not his first or only invention. In 1960, uh, 1976, he created something called the auto syringe. Oh. Which was later used to create the world's first insulin pump. Yeah. So. So the Segway guy yeah. is also the insulin pump guy. Yes. I got to stop talking so much shit. That's pretty cool, huh? That's really strange. Yeah. That's really very odd. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I just love when we are researching something and you find something out that ha- that's like parallel. You didn't mm-hmm. have any idea you were going to find it. Right. And there it is. Like the, like the first insulin pump created by the Segway guy. I still think he's a huge dork. It's amazing though, right? <laughs> I mean, sure. But like maybe stop there. Like maybe just stop there. Preserve the legacy. Well, you know, here, here's a little bonus fact. Oh. Um, the Segway was intended to be, you know, a way for people to get around, obviously. But mm. it was also intended for ways for people who had um, issues getting around to get around. Okay. And he went on to create um, uh, personal, um, like, like, like wheelchairs. Oh. Automated wheelchairs that would do things like stand people up. Whoa. Upright. Whoa. You know? So, it's like it, it's almost turning you into a transformer. Kind of, That's yeah. Wild. So if people have are unable to stand up. They, they he was looking for ways to or walk mm-hmm. ways for them to get around. So Dude. the Segway, while very dorky, and a <laughs> uh, uh, the the transportation of the dork or um, Joe Bluth or Joe Bluth definitely had some um, some good intentions. Although it did kill a man. Well. Well, this next one is from episode 31. Oh, wow. It's yours. Throwing it back. And maybe you need to give a little bit of context because this is about a pope who <laughs> found himself on the uh, on the stand uh, at a time that when he probably would not have expected it. Right. This was um, after he was dead. Mm. Uh, pope Formosus had been dead um, for, for quite some time. When he was put on trial, um, basically because the guy who succeeded him, this was a very dicey time to be Pope. There were a lot of Popes in and out of the hat at this point. But the guy who, you know, was the Pope after next of Formosus really hated him, wanted to tarnish his legacy and was like, you had no right to be Pope in the first place because you were already the bishop. So I'm going to put you on trial basically for being a dickhead. And uh, so they dug up his corpse 
put it in his fancy outfit and set his dead fancy body in a seat on trial <sighs> like he was being like interrogated and not only that but like everyone who was a member of the diocese was required to attend it's insane genuinely insane it, it, it sounds completely fictional it, it, it's it's amazing it's true yes well here we go let's listen to what happened next now lest you think this wasn't a fair trial just because he couldn't you know breathe um rest easy knowing that they assigned formosus his own defense attorney and a deacon to read prepared statements on his behalf um and they even read his charges to him and everything in open court like you're supposed to do Uh uh-huh the main thing he was being accused of was being the pope when he wasn't legally allowed to be because he was serving as a bishop at the time when this charge was read out in court I'm so sorry. This is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> when this charge, <laughs> I'm sorry. When this charge was read out in court, Pope Stephen literally turned to the corpse and asked, "Being Bishop of Porto, why did you, with great ambition, usurp this see of the apostle?" <laughs> in my fan fiction of this scene, <laughs> Pope Stephen asks this. And Formosus's jaw just falls off and skitters <laughs> across the floor like he's so scandalized that anyone would ask him such a thing. Like I can see it so clearly, and it, it's marvelous. It is. It is the uh, the, the comedy cutaway. <laughs> Cut to the dead corpse. A piece of it falls off. <laughs> it makes me so happy every time I think about it. It's so bizarre. Like. I, I cannot believe it's real, but it is. I mean, that... Yeah. Oh, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's wonderful. It's so deliciously macabre. I love it. It's 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 a level of pettiness that we can all achieve. Uh, Maybe. If we try it, hard enough. You really have to aspire. You really do. Well, this next one is uh, a little, little warning. It's a little spicy, mm. but just a little bit. Um it's from episode 27, Ooh. the second part of the A to Z Guide to the Great Panics, and it's about, uh, well, we'll just let the clip speak for itself. So the past couple of entries have been pretty tame, I think. Nothing too crazy, let's say. Is K for crazy? I'm so excited. Well, we're going to spice things up with K. <gasps> Yay! K is for Koro. Okay. K-O-R-O. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but I'm going to say Koro. All right. Um, do you know what Koro is? No. Okay. It is a delusion of the belief that one's penis is retracting and will disappear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Obviously. You know, I was going to guess that, but then I was like, too silly. Yeah. Yeah. Koro is also known as shrinking penis. I was going to say turtle dick, but... Actually, the name Koro, this isn't in my script, the the name Koro actually comes from a word, and I'm not sure which language it is, for um, turtle head. Nailed it. You nailed it. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I am a woman of the world, so obviously. (laughs) And Koro is actually listed as a medical or a mental disorder. Yeah, okay. Obviously. But interestingly, Koro can appear as a full-on mass hysteria as Oh, well. my. 
<laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. Well, this is the great panics, not the great <laughs> mental illnesses. In 1967, a coro epidemic occurred in Singapore over the course of 10 days. Oh my God. A newspaper reported that people were developing coro after eating pork from pigs who were given an anti-swine fever vaccine. Ah. Uh. This led to the rumor that eating the pork would make your penis shrink, disappear, and then you would die. <laughs> because that's what happens. 97 men were admitted to Singapore General Hospital's emergency room in in just one day, Sarah. Y'all are a mess. <laughs> I knew this would get her. Uh, <laughs> so that was probably the craziest uh, ma- mass hysteria that I had ever heard of. I mean, just about everything on that list was wild, but like men are convinced that their dicks are going to shrivel up and that will kill them. Yeah. It brings me so much joy. Hey, you, you know your te- the dreams of your teeth falling out? Yeah. Well, men have some different dreams, let me tell you. So it seems. So, next clip is from episode 50. Oh, yeah. Which we celebrated this year. Mm-hmm. Big milestone. Yeah, it was a great milestone. And it involves a, a story, a, a, little, a little segment of a story about, um, about teenage love and the links that one will go to to be with their their lover. It's it's beautiful. By 1690 her relationship with uh the, with this guy had ended and she had begun a new relationship with someone whose name has been lost to history unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But we do know that she was a young blonde <gasps> merchant girl. Oh my god. Who had become infatuated with Julie. Yes. This did not go over well with her parents. I don't care. So the girl was sent to a convent. Oh, my God. As was, you know, I'm sure that happened all the time. So what did Julie do? Oh, my God. She posed as a nun in training. (laughs) Oh, God. And snuck into the convent to resume the affair. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And to rescue her lover. Now, escaping a convent shouldn't be easy. But it isn't exactly Rikers Island either, I assume. Yeah, I would think not. That being said, Julie's plan was mad. She stole the body of a nun who had died recently. Oh, okay. Placed it in the girl's bed and set it on fire. Uh! Then using that as a diversion, the pair escaped into the country. Wow. Leaving behind a charred skeleton that was supposed to be that girl. Oh my God. After all that, you'd think it'd be true love. Yeah. Right? But remember, Julie was only about 17 at this time. Oh, okay then. So it was teenage love. Oh, The affair only lasted three months until the girl returned to her parents. I'm sorry. All of that for three months. Hey, teenage love. Oh, I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. See, here's the thing that kids today maybe don't realize. But Fat Joe and Big Punisher are always relevant. Always incredible so the next clip is from episode 32 all right jumping all around jumping all around and this one is a throwback in in ways to 
uh, episode two. Oh, I see. Sarah knows. Yeah. And in episode two, which wasn't from this year, so we can't include it. Sorry. was about a bear who became a soldier, and his name was Wojtek. Wojtek. Well, this is a little similar and a little little as well. Yeah. It was nearly a year since the U.S. had entered World War II, and so far... Their engagement had had been met with little resistance on these tiny little islands out right. there. Yeah, and these were on uh, small islands, specifically between Hawaii and Papua New Guinea. Okay, and if you look at it on a map, you probably won't see anything. Right. Yeah, because they're so small. Uh, but Tarawa was different. This was the toughest battle in the Pacific that the U.S. had encountered, with heavy Japanese defense during their landing on the beaches. Okay. As the thousands of Marines descended into battle on the small island, they were joined by a duck. (gasps) (laughs) Oh my god! Okay. But not just any duck. Donald Duck. Donald Duck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he was in those World War II propaganda films. I'm not totally out of pocket here. You gotta sell those war bonds. (laughs) It seems that, uh, that he was in good company. Colonel John Stone wrote in a note about the duck, stating every time they had a social event, they would give him a beer and he'd get drunk. He is Wojtek. You're right. Yeah. That is hilarious. Maybe animals just like beer. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like they do. Yeah. So, yes, he was a drunk, perhaps, but he was also a brave soldier. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> The fellow Marines claimed he would jump into a foxhole with his boys, and he was always the last to exit. Oh, my God. But he showed his true bravery that fateful day at Tarawa. As Marines stormed the beach, so did Sergeant, landing as well of his own free will. Can you just picture it in your head? Like, all these, like, soldiers running up the beach with, like, their guns in their hands. Like, it's D-Day at the beginning of Saber Private Ryan. Yeah. And he's just, like, rapidly waddling along beside them. Yeah. Like, I am dying inside right now. He didn't wear fatigues, but I like to imagine he did. <laughs> with a little helmet. Yeah. Oh, just... <laughs> oh my God. So he lands with the Marines. I don't know exactly which wave. I don't know if it was like the storming and all. He's there waddling along or or if it's much later on. But, you know, we only have stories to go off of anyway. Well, I know. Fill in the gaps. I know the truth in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Front lines, baby. Well, apparently when he when he showed up, he was he was looking for trouble. (gasps) Sergeant. Well, as Fagan tells it. He found that trouble soon after landing in the form of an enemy rooster. (laughs) And like I said earlier, Sarah, he was here to drink beer and kick ass. And he was all out of beer. Did he mess up little Jerry? The two birds engaged in combat on the blood-soaked shores of Tarawa Atoll. In the end, Sergeant emerged the victor and chased away the enemy. But he was a bit knocked up. From the scuffle. Yeah, I guess so. Fagan told the AP the following year, the rooster didn't stand a chance. After the dust settled, the boys considered nominating their waddle- waddling brother for a purple heart. Oh my god. But instead, he was given a the following citation in Life magazine on January 17th, 1944. <clears throat> 
for courageous action and wounds received on Tarawa in the Gilbert Islands, November 1943. With utter disregard for his own personal safety upon reaching the beach, without hesitation engaged the enemy in fierce combat, (laughs) namely one rooster of Japanese ancestry. And though wounded on the head by repeated pecks, he soon rooted to the opposition. He refused medical aid until all wounded members of his section had been taken care of. Sorry. He refused medical aid. Yeah, he said, none for me, thank you. This is is a good episode. (laughs) However, before Sargent's days of war came to an end, he had one more surprise for his buddies. Apparently, before embarking on his last combat on D-Day, Sargent laid an egg. Pardon me? Yeah. Lady soldier? Turns out he wasn't a he after all. Oh, Oh my God. That almost killed me. And as you almost took me out with that revelation. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I love that. That's a great episode. It's a great episode. It's um, it's like you took two of my episodes and smashed them together because you've got Voitech. Yeah. You've also got Robert Shartloff. Oh yeah. It's like it's it's the perfect marriage of those two episodes. It's oh, so God. wonderful. It's, yeah, it's really funny. Um well, we have a lot of fun here. We do. But we also like to, you know, we 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 like to share stories that are a little bit less known. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do episodes on things that, you know, have been covered. But a lot of times we try to find things that we've never heard of before because the whole reason we started this podcast is so is because we would want to tell each other things that we've learned, things that the other person may not have ever heard before, mm-hmm. and and we decided to start just recording us telling one another basically. Yep. And uh, and it evolved into this. So when we get to a story that the other one has never heard, but it has significant um, importance, mm-hmm. it, uh, it 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 can usually leave you a bit speechless. Yes. And that's exactly what happened in this next, and, and this is the last clip as well. Oh, okay. Um, it's from episode 60, all about Harriet Tubman. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. About what she got up to after the Underground Railroad, which is most people have no idea. Yeah. Until now. It's crazy. Now, during this time, a decision was made, perhaps suggested by Harriet herself, but I, I couldn't tell that it would benefit the Union to gather intelligence from the surrounding areas by the way of black spies. Ooh. Now, after all, Harriet had used such networks of information on the Underground Railroad. Right. So the idea was approved to infiltrate the Carolinas and map out the region by use of Union black spies. Oh, my God. And the authority of this spy network was given to Harriet Tubman. <laughs> my god so, why doesn't anybody talk about this yeah i know right oh my god as their ships left Combahee river more than 750 slaves had joined them holy shit yeah oh my god 
leaving behind the smoldering remains of the owner's plantation behind. Hell yeah! And Harriet Tubman had just become the first woman in history, in U.S. history, to command an armed military raid. Holy shit, that's incredible. (laughs) The first woman. Wow. Yep. Nobody talks about that. I know. Get this woman on the $20 bill already. I've had it. (laughs) I've had it. They keep promising it. It ain't happening. Well, now you know. Now you know. And I'll, I'll say this. I have gotten over my lifetime many, many comments about how I have no accent. And especially not when I, I mean, like when I've traveled up to Massachusetts, for example, and people ask where I'm from, I'll say South Carolina. And they're like, that's so strange. You have no accent. Or like, I get it actually a lot more down here when people are like, well, you're obviously not from around here. Hmm. But you get me upset or surprised. And it's ain't this y'all that (laughs) like y'all just heard that firsthand like honey a path comes out in me real quick, (laughs) real quick when I'm not conscious of what's happening. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, that's a wrap on 2023. We did it, guys. We made it another year. And hopefully we'll make it another year more. Oh, my God. I hope so. I hope so. But the only way we'll do it is if you share <laughs> the podcast so that we get lots of listeners and feedback and suggestions because we're going to run out eventually. Mm-hmm. There's only so much that that's happened since the dawn of time. <laughs> we could probably only do about 70,000 episodes before we run out of content. Yeah, and, and, and that's just not going to do. No. So please uh, share our podcast with people you think would enjoy it. Leave us a rating and a review on whichever platform you're listening to. And follow us on Instagram and TikTok. On Instagram, we are Fantastic H Pod. And on TikTok, we are Fantastic History Podcast. And you can also send us an email uh, on Gmail. It is uh, Fantastic History Pod at gmail.com. And we'll see you in 2024. Happy New Year! Happy New Year!